This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. This is Greg Miller, Justin Davis, hey, and Charles Onyet is oh. here. So Valve has confirmed they're jumping into hardware development. We've been hearing rumors about this for months now, since I think March of this year. The Steam uh, Box. We first no. heard about the Steam Box. That's what it is, right, Charles? They've confirmed it? Not, that has <laughs> not box? been confirmed. No. So we, they not actually confirmed. didn't. What they, they're hiring. They're yes. hiring a position, and that's how some of this leaked out. And it's for hardware. They have not actually confirmed that they're making a console, correct? Right. They're right. just making some sort of hardware. What's the, does it say? Do you have the exact quote there? Which, on their job listing? Yeah. They're, so they're looking for an industrial designer. Says, uh, the it job could listing, be you. <laughs> it could be. Job list, uh, the job listing says, uh, we're frustrated by the lack of innovation in the computer hardware space. So we're jumping in. There's a real void in the marketplace. Uh, they said even basic input, input, the keyboard and mouse, haven't really changed in any meaningful way over the years. So there's a real void in the marketplace and opportunities to create compelling user experiences are being overlooked. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't think Valve is building any kind of Steam box or, or console equivalent. Um, but you know, it, it sounds like what they're struggling with is something that you know a lot of, like Nintendo, has been struggling with uh, for a while, which is trying to figure out a different way for people to interact with video games. And it's just, it's strictly the interface. It's, it sounds like, based on the job listings and based on what Valve has said in the past about wearable computing, is, is really what they're interested in, is, is changing up that relationship between 
you know, how you control things in-game and what, what you're actually doing, and, and moving beyond basically a controller or a mouse and keyboard or a Wiimote or you know, what, whatever you want to uh, associate with that. Well, what's wrong with the mouse and keyboard? Is that, is that broken? Uh, no, that I, I mean, fixed? it's stupid. I, I'll tell you that. It's really <laughs> dumb. It's a dumb way to control things. All right, <laughs> well, I think we can it. all agree on that. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I like a mouse and keyboard, but you know, there, there are other ways to do things. And it's, it's the, I think the, ish, the thing that Valve's pointing out in that posting where they say they're, they're frustrated with the lack of innovation is it seems like most people are willing to sit back and be like, oh, well, we've been using this for a while. We'll just keep using it, and we'll just keep building games for it. And so you don't see that dramatic offshoot into a different direction for where games can really go into like you know alternate uh, reality type stuff where you have you know overlays in front of where you're looking at that that ties into the experience. I don't know exactly how that would necessarily work. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, you know, it sounds like that's that's an avenue. Uh, Valve wants wants to explore. They want to see where that where that leads them. Yeah, I mean, we definitely the downside of this job listing, which is industrial designer, is that that can mean anything. You know, so we we have sort of the hints that the job listing say, but industrial design is used for everything. It's used for chairs. It's used for anything that exists in the real world. <laughs> any physical object. There's been a lack of development in gaming chairs. <laughs> but it's true. Like this table and the chairs we're sitting on were designed by an industrial designer, mm -hmm. and so what you about know, this coffee mug. Well, maybe not the coffee mug. That was designed by the, the wizards over at Peggle. It's very Bauhaus. <laughs> sorry, no, it's not. Strike that from the record. <laughs> Don't include that. <laughs> I got to laugh out of that. Um, so it could be as simple as them. You know, There's lots of people doing different things with keyboards and split keyboards, and maybe Valve just wants to design a keyboard that's more for gaming. Maybe they want like an official Steam controller. That's something that I thought about when I read this news, was it could be like as small a news as that. Um, yeah, and I mean, I mean, talking about design too. If Valve really wants to push a new, a new type of control mechanism, um, you know, it has to look nice. I don't think people are going to want this giant, you know, clunky thing that sits on the side of their head, like Google, yeah. like the the Google Glass stuff that that we've seen. It's just this very sleek kind right. of uh, attachment that sits on it, very Dragon Ball Z, but not quite as uh, qu brightly colorful. Level. It's over nine thousand. What nine thousand? We uh, so this job listing doesn't mention wearable computing at all, but that's something that jumped in all of our minds just because uh, that's something Gabe Newell, who's what's this title, president, this. founder of Valve. Um, yeah, he's a co-founder of Valve. Yeah, and he's talked about wearable computing before. Um, you know, which are either you know computers that uh, are in like glasses that do overlays over your face, or you know, there's different sort of ways of doing it. Um, you know, some watches are considered wearable computers, Android-powered watches. Um, yeah, and, and so that solves a couple of problems, right? Because then you're, you're no longer, I think, well, not necessarily problem, but that gets around the issue of having to learn like how to control a physical device and how to manipulate that that isn't really natural. I mean, mouse and keyboard is not a natural way to interact with things. A controller is not a natural way to interact with things. It just it reduces the amount of barriers between you and what you're doing in whatever kind of experience that would, uh, you know, that would be associated with. I don't know if any really of Valve's products would necessarily fit in with that type of control. Maybe future uh, products. I mean, we don't know it, what it would, those guys are cooking up. Maybe that's why episode three is taking so long. Yeah, maybe it's just an entirely. <sighs> it just it happens in the world around you. The world is your console. Well, so that's like that's like <laughs> Oculus, right? The Oculus like yeah. head, headset. So so that's virtual reality, and yeah, that that's a full big difference. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Valve has backed that too. They said, hey, this is cool. Yeah. You know, we're interested in in making something happen with this, and we have seen a little bit uh, more support roll out for that. I believe Hawken is now, you know, supporting that in addition to to Doom Three, and I mean. That's the type of thing where you're entirely immersed 
in the virtual world. Like there isn't, there's no overlay there. It's just you're only seeing the virtual world. And I, I had a chance to put that on. It's a, it, it's a little disorienting in the in the prototype stage, just because there's there's a there's just enough delay yeah. in the experience when you turn your head from side to side. I was playing Doom Three. Uh, when you turn your head from side to side, you get that sense that oh my goodness, I've completely <laughs> lost my balance. Mm -hmm. I have no sense of balance, and then it comes back. And it's just a split second, but it's enough to to give you enough time to think I'm going to fall over. Yeah. But then you don't. But then um, you don't. So there, there's still some some work to be to be done there to really make that uh, uh, a, yeah. as cool as an as, as an experience as it could be. So I mean, we don't really. This could be something very simple. You know, it could be you know a different a better mouse and keyboard is what the they're looking mouse. for somebody. Yeah. The With new, more buttons. Fatality, <laughs> yeah, tell us all about <laughs> it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> The answer, the answer what is not. Frag and rocks and Guild Wars too. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a cross-cultural hodgepodge of references. Fatality gets around. Fatality gets around. He's all over the place. What's Fatality up to these days? He's living off that Skype money. He did yeah. that horrible PlayStation Vita Skype commercial. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I don't think the answer is to add more buttons. Um, you know, that it's it's going to be a simplification, uh, a streamlining of of the process, and yeah. you know, you like it, like what Nintendo has tried to do, although they've gone in a weird direction with Wii U. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, it seems to be what a lot of people are, are thinking of, and like with Connect, and to a lesser extent, Move. <laughs> in terms of degrees of success there. Yeah, uh, you make a great point about the keyboard and mouse. You know, there's nothing wrong with it as a gaming input. You know, obviously millions and millions of gamers like gaming with WASD and a mouse. Um, but it's not. It wasn't something that was made for games. It's games have developed in a way that they're shaped and fitted to work with this interface instead of something designed from the ground up with a game interface in mind. And uh, that's something that's always on my mind as the mobile editor because people talk about I don't like gaming on a touch screen. My iPad wasn't made for video games. I'm like, well, the keyboard and mouse wasn't made for video games either. But you know, it's all it's up to the designers to make that work for the interface. So if a company like Valve that has really deep pockets. And the ability to sort of think big and do whatever they want, you know, who the heck knows what they're cooking up over there? Yeah, but. and and the other advantage too is if it is some some wearable computing with uh, you know a, a virtual overlay of some kind, you know, who says that's necessarily restricted to application for games? You know, who knows sure. how how big Valve is really thinking? Mm -hmm. That's uh, very true. In, in those terms, they could go far beyond that. It's like, hey, guess what? We made the best you know wearable computing solution out there. Yeah. Uh, everyone used this, like everyone, not just So wearable computing on. has lots of applications in the medical field. You know, we're seeing connects being used in medicine. Um, it's got a lot of applications in the military as well. Um, you know, there's definitely, you know, I don't know what the heck. I don't think they're planning on making wearable computers for, you know, next generation soldiers. But, uh, you know, it's cool. It's cool stuff. Is there any precedence for software, like gaming software companies moving into hardware? Starting with software first, then moving into hardware? I was trying to think of something, but I couldn't. Uh, well, I mean, you know, various companies like uh, you know Microsoft, uh, you know, coming out with Xbox after after not being really present in that space. Yeah, I guess if, that's if true. we're talking sure. about that kind of thing. Mad Cats went the other way. That's <laughs> what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> they made their peripherals. Now they make some games. What yeah. games do they make? I mean, they, they, they have, doing the, the, the they have a World War II yeah, shooter. Yeah, the Dogfighter one that's I, out right now. Really? I, yeah. I mean, yeah, companies will, will weave in and out as, as, you know, like Sega is like, whoops, that didn't work. And right. then, you know, yeah. Microsoft comes in and is like, hey, we're going to give this a shot. And they wound up being, you know, pretty successful with it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think Valve is, is interested in taking that angle. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, Red Links with Guitar Hero, you know. Um, there's examples. Mm. But, but yeah, it seems like with, with Valve, with this listing and, and what they've said in the past about uh, wearable computing, they're, they're much more interested in, in broad-reaching broad solutions instead of trying to kind of take... Because they already have such a big sector of the the PC market that's been uh, 
uh, closed off with, with Steam and they have that platform and they keep trying to open up like with, with Greenlight and they're just like, there's too much coming in, we need to, we need to broaden this out. Can, can you explain to me what, what Greenlight is? This is like now indie games, in order to get onto Steam, they have to be voted, upvoted through Greenlight, is that correct? Sort of. Well, um, so it's just, it's so Valve isn't basically as involved in the submission process because I, I don't know what the exact numbers are behind the scenes there, but I imagine they were overwhelmed with people being like, I need this game on Steam, mm -hmm. you know, f figure out if it's good enough or not to be on there. And this is just a way to kind of hand over some of that work basically yeah. to the community, much like they've done with okay. letting people profit from uh, creations for Team Fortress 2 and Dota where they submit designs and then they can actually profit off of them. It's just a way of yeah, so uh, Greenlight lets people, if you're a game maker and you've made a game, um, there's a lot of actually mobile games that have come out and been successful on mobile and they're trying to get it released onto Steam, get a PC version out there. So you can submit your game, a trailer and screenshots and sort of your bullet points of what your game is and then it's out there for the community to vote up. And you can thumb it up or thumb it down and then if something gets enough thumbs up, then Valve... Is it guaranteed that it gets on Steam at that point, or then they're like, well, you know, we'll seriously consider it? I, I'm not sure if it's it's a guarantee in the system I'm itself. I'm sure they have some sort of fail-safe in there that if, you know, big boobs get voted up, you know, they don't need to play. Yeah. yeah. Is that on there? That I haven't looked. It may be on there. It's, it's tough get, to actually hey, search Gabe, get that on that stuff. controller, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See you nerds later. <laughs> you just float away. <laughs> <laughs> to, to that point, though, that that may honestly be what you know drives through some kind of major innovation there. Oops. If if it's related somewhat to to that kind of sector of entertainment, then so you isn't know, there the, something like uh, the adult film industry has always pushed along new advancements true. in technology? What is that? that the the porn thing? industry and the video game industry actually, this is literally true. They pushed forward the internet more yeah. than any other category in terms of bandwidth requirements, in terms of you know flash video, in terms of streaming, and and all the rest of it is led by pornography. Of course. And I mean, a, a lot of the, the innovation in, in this space, uh, like especially with uh, the 3D displays we're talking about, the Rift, like Oculus, like mm -hmm. their, their display, at least according to John Carmack, was better than anything else. And it was, you know, Palmer Lucky who, who came up with this and, and developed this and was just obsessed with making this, uh, you know, a, a really cool device. So yeah, you can, see, you can see huge advances in something that some companies are pouring tons of money into, like Sony, for instance, tried with their, their VR headset. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to make something kind of cool, and I guess that wasn't uh, the greatest solution. Again, this is according to Carmack. I'm just, sure. I'm repeating what he told me, um, but because uh, he knows. I have an original, have an original he, idea. Show. He knows, he knows a lot more than I do. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you, you can see these big advances from spaces that you may not expect. Yeah. Charles, Justin, you've both been playing a lot of Guild Wars Two, uh, and Greg, you've been seeing a lot of. Guild I've Wars seen some Guild Wars Two. <laughs> uh, As I go back to play Sleeping Dogs or Pinball. <laughs> Zen Pinball. Yeah, yeah. Zen Pinball. Uh, you, you like uh, Guild Wars 2? Uh, I do. I've been, I've been playing a lot of Guild Wars 2. I, re I really like it so far. Um, Where are you in your review? I am, so I've been updating regularly our review in progress on IGN. I'm, I've played the game now for 112 hours. <laughs> uh, I'm level 72. I have a guardian, Norn. Um, and I'm, is I'm, his name Norn? Uh, no. no, Norn That's is the race. race. Okay. He's basically um, human. I don't know why they're a separate race, actually. He looks very I'm human. larger, I, and I'm, yeah. I live in the snow. They like snow. It's like games. the real Charles. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I picked Norn. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the game it, it does a lot of things right. Uh, it, it tries to eliminate uh, the grind elements as much as possible and make it very easy for people to get together and to enjoy a social kind of experience. Whether that's just uh, a, a kind of skillless event system where things just happen around the world in Guild Wars Two, like giant demon will show up on. 
a mountainside and the game's like, go here, and it just drops a whole bunch of arrows on screen and notifications that it's like, you should yeah. go to this area. So you go there, you fight a huge demon, there are other people there, and then you get rewards for it. You don't have to go jump through a bunch of, oh, well, are we on the same you know, level of progress on this mm -hmm. quest chain? Yeah. I think you need to reset. Okay, reinvite me to the group. Nope, that yeah. didn't work. All right, switch switch from overflow to this, and it's like that. You just it it just works. Like it just you get there, you fight the demon, you get your stuff, and and you have fun. And then if you want the more structured uh, content, that's also there with dungeons, where you actually do run into some of those group making issues that mm -hmm. hasn't been flawless. There that's are a few bad, quests, actually. but what what I like about it is that it's not really very quest based. It's like Charles said, it's uh, very dynamic event driven. So yeah, you'll just see something pop up in the world, and it's not always like a giant demon. It might be like you know they're trying to get this convoy is trying to get from point A to point point B, so defend them, and so then. You go do that, then when they get to point B, it's like, well, now there's a big boss. And by then, you know, there's dozens of people there all fighting, and you all work together, and then when it's over, you just disperse. Um, it's very friendly about how you cooperate with people. In other MMOs, it's a big fight. Um, usually, whoever attacks an enemy first gets that enemy, and they get the experience for it, and no one else does. But in this game, it's all very cooperative and friendly, and you can sort of share when you're attacking enemies, and you can share resource nodes. You also used to fight over, like, wanting well, to mine that copper. And whoever gets there first gets that copper. But now, it doesn't take it from somebody else. If you mine it, somebody else can mine it at the same time. So it really emphasizes cooperative play with strangers in a way that I don't think any other MMO does. Yeah, it, it establishes a sense of cooperation and basically friendliness within the main game world that that, that, nice. that mm, yeah. it is it's it's really it's really friendly everyone's working together if you see somebody else going towards an enemy it's not like uh, you better not touch that enemy cuz i've been standing here waiting for him to <laughs> to exactly. respawn yeah, forever yeah, yeah. and it's like you can both just kill him and you both get rewards um, you know it's the type of killing cooperation together. and killing together that's how friendships are made also <laughs> my little rabbit is adorable my rabbit character yeah i made a little rabbit she's got red hair and blue eyes she's sexy she's got big floppy ears it is not a sexy oh rabbit. you made nasura you made nasura asura okay <laughs> i made the race is called asura but they're basically little rat, rabbit people okay and I gave her, you have options in character creation, and I gave her the biggest, floppiest ears possible. <laughs> <laughs> She's so adorable. Oh, Except for they have pointy teeth. You have given her the biggest, floppiest other things possible. Yeah, so. am I right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Gabe! Where's my controller? Hey! <laughs> uh, Charles, uh, while I have you here, uh, sure. this is a question from one of our uh, listeners, Bobby O'Hare. He says, I want to be a PC gamer Okay. ever since I heard of Steam. I've been wondering what's a good PC for a person like me in the three hundred to four hundred dollar price range. Uh, well, I mean, it, so the answer to that is not simple. It's uh, pretty it, cheap. It requires research, that's and that's also cheaper than an iPad. Your that is that's really cheap for yeah. for a you know computer. Probably, I would say more like you maybe know, he means spend, pounds. Maybe this guy's British. You can get five hundred, maybe. Yeah, I'd say in the five hundred to six hundred range, you'd probably mm. be looking at something pretty good. But I, I would have to go price out. I mean, you really you do have to do research. You have to go price out components. You, you can't just point at so something. So you and are be saying like, you haven't. You need, he'll need to build it himself. Uh, or, you can't just or, go. There's not like a laptop that would be a good solution for him. No. I, I would say no, this is why Greg <laughs> loves no, PC so games. Lo just looking out there at all the <laughs> all the crestfallen people trying to get into PC gaming because it's so easy. Well, you <laughs> can't you can't just point at one thing and be like that. Um, you know, it's it's about you know figuring out what works for you and hunting for for deals and and uh, yeah, I mean, I, ideally, if you're looking at that price range, it, it probably would be self-assembly. I mean, you're right though, Greg. This is kind of the hassle of PC yeah. gaming, right? That's why you're not into it, right? Yeah, I mean, one I, of the reasons. Yeah, I just like there's a lot of PC games I would love to play. Like this, totally, is exactly. It. Like I, have, you know, and I wouldn't even necessarily use a, a laptop. I'm I'm more of a desktop yeah. uh, person. 
uh, I guess, and I, I would recommend that because for, for the money, uh, you can get a much more powerful system that is upgradable over a longer span of time. So you can still have you know, a lot of the same components and be like, well, I want a performance increase, swap it in out one part, and you're good, yeah. as opposed to a laptop where it's like, oh, well. Yeah. I also, I don't like the comparison between, you know, people talk about, oh, I need to spend $1,000 to play games on my PC, but an Xbox is, you know, $199 or whatever. And it's like, but a PC can do a lot more sure. than just play games. Like, that's not a one-to-one -one comparison. Like, my game... Xbox can play Netflix. Hey, there you go. So um, it's PC, got Bing so. on it. <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can Bing stuff. You can Bing stuff oh my God. Xbox, yeah. <laughs> just Bing it. I don't think the Xbox has Crunchyroll, though. No, that's, that's a, a PS3, PS3 thing, exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. That's a PS3 exclusive. Um, so my gaming PC is actually a Mac, and then I dual boot it. I boot it into Windows when I want to play games, and then I boot it into Mac when I actually, you know, want to compute and like do a porn. Yeah, and you know, download my hardcore pornography. <laughs> you download it? Oh. You can just stream that. Is that weird? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't want to lose it when he finds his favorites. Yeah, There's <laughs> so many gigabytes. <laughs> all the all those gigs. <clears throat> They're on floppy disks stashed around. <laughs> Yeah. I, I put it on the floppy disk and then I stick it. It's it, they're hiding in my wall. Not a zip drive. <laughs> get the uh, yeah, get the zip drive. Okay. The hundred megabytes. Mm. I'm sorry, I don't have a better answer for that. That's that was basically my long answer. That it's okay. We had an entertaining answer, and I think that's all that the world could really ask for. Okay. Oh, the world knows now. Yeah. PC gaming sucks. <laughs> uh, I, for the record, I like PC. <laughs> 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 to clarify. Okay. I liked how on Up at Noon when I said that to the Daisy guy, he was just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't even argue. He's like, yep. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't argue against it. It is complicated and, yeah. you know, it's not easy to, to get into. It can be. Like, the games are so cheap. Like, I got Just Cause 2 for five bucks and you boot it oh up and God. it runs what a and it's steal. great. What a steal. But uh, but then sometimes like some games just don't like I bought Dungeon Defenders and it's like nope it just I, yep. I, it's just didn't work. I went through all the process to get DayZ and yeah. I, I, I it bought Arma off of uh, yeah. Steam and it installed the first one fine and the second one it, it did little green boxes started popping up and it's like nope error. Yeah. And it didn't even tell me what error code or what it was. I'm like all right great. It can <laughs> seem to work fine and then sometimes something goes wrong and then it's just down the rabbit hole of yeah. trying to figure out yeah, yeah. what exactly happened. My, my favorite part is I get an error message and then I Google that error message and I find like a message board topic where someone's like hey I'm getting this error message does anybody know and it was like 18 months ago and no one ever answered <laughs> and it's like well and that's like the one Google result for my issue I just want to find that guy and be like we're, we're bros now we're air message bros hey yeah you're hey, not man you're not alone I hope this case of yours is worth it trust me you think I put you in danger for nothing is that a trick question uh, I'm out of ammo. My turn. Welcome back to GameStoop. I'm Damon Hatfield. We're talking about uh, whether or not AAA games are dying out because the creative director of Assassin's Creed 3 believes that they are. His quote is, we're the last of the dinosaurs. There are fewer and fewer of these games being made. We're the last of the dinosaurs. <laughs> it sounds like it's an action movie. <laughs> Denver the last dinosaur, right? Denver the last, last dinosaur. dinosaur. <laughs> I would watch yeah. that movie. He was my friend and a whole lot more. I like to think of uh, Assassin's Creed 3 as Denver. That's good. Yeah. Uh, wow. They're putting a lot of pressure on himself there, huh? <laughs> to be the last of the dinosaurs here? Well, 
First off, no one does it like Ubisoft. No what one's like, no, there's like what? 300 people working on Assassin's <laughs> well, Creed spread yeah, over yeah. eight countries. No, and they've no probably, yes, you are the last dinosaur because that doesn't make any sense. There's probably a thousand people working on that Jesus. game, I would guess. They've been working on it for three years. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's I a mean, big operation. He makes it, he's painting with a very broad brush, saying that, oh, we're the last of the dinosaurs and this is the end of AAA development or whatever like that. It's like, I mean, Naughty Dog's a AAA developer, right? right. And like, they're able to make an Uncharted game or Last of Us, it seems, every two years now. They have mm -hmm. two teams. They have one office. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the way he's describing the way Assassin's Creed 3 has been run, that is correct. Naughty Dog is not in the same boat, but that's still a AAA game. Yeah, right. Yeah, but that's a, you know, Uncharted is a very, very sort of tight experience that's sort of, you know, very, very focused on doing a specific thing, and Assassin's Creed seems bigger. It seems like a, just the scope of the project seems larger to me. Sure, but I mean, down. Fallout, you know, the next Fallout's not yeah. going to not be Fallout. That's yeah, true. but it's, it's not going to make sandbox games anymore? Yeah. So I don't think, so first of all, I don't think he's saying the AAA games are going away. He's absolutely right. There's less of them. There's already less of them. There's going to continue to be less of them. It's moving more and more. Video games are moving more and more to the movie industry model where there's like a few tentpole films every year and like each studio has maybe two each summer like Paramount Pictures might release two big summer movies every year and that's it till the next year and I think that's the way the video game industry is moving is we're not going to see you know dozens and dozens of AAA games come out anymore it's just but that's a big distinction between less and none you know right. saying like we're the last of them I don't think is true because he makes I think it's going to be extinct exactly because mid-tier games like I, I think mid-tier games are dying out because you see something that's, like Amelier yeah. sells 1.5 million or whatever and that's not enough anymore but you know you need to sell so many millions of copies to be profitable at this point that I think you're going to only see AAA games really because you're going to see games that have 100, 200 million put into them that can make it back, you know? Like, Call of Duty makes a billion dollars in 10 days or whatever, like, that's the kind of money games need to be making right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a specific category of games that are going away, and it, are ga it is games like Amalur, you know, we're gonna see things at the very, very high end, like Assassin's Creed and Fallout and these big franchises, and you're gonna see downloadable stuff, you know, Xbox mm -hmm. Live Arcade, $20 is not uncommon on PSN and XBLA anymore, um, you know, we're starting to see 10, 15, $20 on the App Store, and that's going to take the place of what used to be sort of these B-level games um, at retail, I think. Yeah, that's I think exciting. that's smart. Yeah, that that's is exciting. exciting. Yeah, totally. I mean, you, you, Damon, you've been on the cutting edge of this downloadable stuff for a long time. You were Back in the day when I was all like, I need my cartridges, you're like, no, man. You were putting on sunglasses. I, I used two hands. <laughs> you had big glasses back in the day. But no, I mean, that's the big thing is like uh, all these downloadable games that you're able to get on Xbox Live and PSN are exciting because they're doing something different and uh, publishers are willing to take that risk to give the, them that little bit of money compared to a giant AAA experience to go out and get this cool thing. So what are the mid-tier games? Like, you mentioned Amalur. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Dogs, which everyone should play, Dark which is awesome. Darksiders, Dark for like, sure. And those I think those games we are not moving forwards, Dead Space and Crisis. I mean, uh, there was that quote yeah. about how Dead Space needs to sell five million copies to get another sequel or whatever. Like, which can't happen. That won't happen, exactly. Like, that's just not that ilk of game. That, that isn't the kind of game that's going to sell Assassin's Creed numbers. You know, I don't think that happens anymore. Yeah. I mean, but I think it, you, you, you liken it to the movie industry, though. But, like, in the movie industry, something like Moonrise Kingdom... Uh, only made, I'm, I'm, I but think that's it's like, like 40 indie. million, you know, but yeah. like, it's, and that's okay, and that was considered successful. Well, yeah, right, like this is, you know, you don't make a game like Moonrise Kingdom for $100 million. They have that's their true. financial models, they know what this movie can make based on who it's going to appeal to and how many theaters it's going to play in, and then they budget it, you know, that's like, we can give you $15 million to make this movie. And uh, games haven't quite figured out you know, that mid-tier of, of, you know, the games, the, their quality suffers as a result of having a lower budget sometimes. You know, mm -hmm. they bite off more than they can chew. Unless you do something like, you know, I don't know, like Castle, Cra Castle Crashers or a downloadable thing. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually, 
I was thinking about how, do you remember Alien Hominid on the GameCube? Yeah, yeah. That was a big deal to get that game. Like, it was $30, and it was like, oh, man, Alien Hominid is finally being released. And now games like that come out every single week on downloadable platforms. And, and that uh, was, like, seven years ago. Yeah. Maybe eight years ago. Yeah, so really... You're so in, young. I know. <laughs> you're innocent. so young and innocent. <laughs> we didn't even know it had the PDA levels in it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I think... There, there is bad news and sort of tough times ahead for the video game industry, but there's a lot of like bright spots as well, and uh, the rise of downloadable sort of filling the gap that the mid-tier. Uh, what do you, you know, think? Are, what do you, th- you say? There's you know bad stuff ahead. What are you, what are you talking about? You're talking about this, like the winter end of winter is coming. Greg. Yeah, winter is coming. Yeah, that's yeah, good right. though. I mean, we need to shed our skin here and be the sexy snake <laughs> outside of it. You have, a new, you have a new skin, and you're all set to go. You know what I mean? It's a rebirth. All that jazz. You know how they talk about it in the religions. <laughs> But that's good, right? I mean, yeah. I, I personally, I like to see you know th- a, a, a business model that isn't work anymore fall fall away. You know what I mean? There, we're talking about these mid tier games disappearing. Sure. I'm not really gonna bat an eyelash if a mid tier game that I never played from THQ goes away. You know what I mean? But you do like Amalur, like you were just saying. I loved Amalur, yes, but I mean Amalur was screwed anyway, right? Thanks, Ryan Geddes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but I mean, it's one of those things. Those guys are still talented, and they can take that engine somewhere else and play it. They, their story sucked. I still don't know what the hell's <laughs> happening in that game as much as I love it. You know but, what else jumped out at me about this news story? I would love to play a video game called The Last Dinosaur. Yes. Well, they need to make yes, they need to make a Denver The Last Dinosaur. How game. cool would that be? It'd be open world. You'd run around as the dinosaur. But so you're the so last far, one, so there's so no far other this dinosaurs. Sounds terrible. <laughs> so far, this sounds terrible. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm okay. one dinosaur running around the world. <laughs> no, look, okay, it's so all maybe, ash, and you can't go anywhere. Yeah, right, like, maybe everything is trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're not the last dinosaur. Okay, okay. There's not very many dinosaurs okay. left. So it's like GTA, it's an open world, but you play as a dinosaur, and then you run around hunting and being hunted Who by Who do you take dinosaurs. quests from? Like, the yeah. Triceratops wants you to help <laughs> cave like, guard its eggs, and then the, like, you have to survive have... waves of brontosaurus. You've really thought this through, actually. <laughs> I don't have Maybe you're a human and you're hunting dinosaurs. I believe they did this, and it was called Dino D-Day. I don't think we need yeah. to worry about that. Also, uh, the Doritos game, Dash of Destruction, I believe you could play as a dinosaur. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Some of the more cynical comments on this Assassin's Creed cynical comments. quote story blame this on mobile games. But mobile games killed triple AAA games. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean that's uh, the mobile is digital, right? And I think the rise of digital games are what's really hurt this whole category. But, but it's funny because the publishers doing this, like Ubisoft, is huge in the digital space yeah. and in the mobile well, space. Well, yeah, they and have so to. You have to be future-proofing yourself. Exactly. In, 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 in going into these. It, I just find it funny to blame mobile for this because if anything, the profits they're making from mobile allow these things to happen currently. Yeah. That's yeah. why well, I mean, they can still If you look at who's huge on mobile, it's EA and Ubisoft, yeah. and they're the companies that are. And Activision's only, now trying yeah, to and get Activision into it. Activision has staffed up a big mobile, mobile yeah. division, and they're some of the only companies that that are still making AAA console games. It's, um, I mean, it's the normal thing of comments. You can't take them too seriously. But yeah, I mean, for anyone blaming the rise of mobile slash downloadable, I mean, blame yourself. You're the one downloading <laughs> the games and buying the games digitally. Or just, or it's just people, right? Like, birds. I mean, it's just the industry growing. This yeah, is it. No. We're just shedding our skin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think there's certainly people like me and, and Damon and some other people in the office that uh, you know enjoy playing games on our iPad and also enjoy console games. You know, sure. obviously that category of gamer exists. But most people that are playing games on their mobile devices, it's not like they're playing Cut the Rope instead of Assassin's Creed 3. They're, right. they're different people. They're reaching they're just, different people. Yeah, with they're those just games. playing Cut the Rope. 
You know, yeah. I was on vacation last week, and my uh, dad yeah. heard of Angry Birds for the first time. <laughs> for the first time. Yeah, he had never heard of Angry Birds. So Andrew, I, come to the foyer. <laughs> What's this Angry Birds I hear so much about? So I think he's downloading it. I'll, I'll get his impression. No, no, no stop him. Tell him to wait for the PS3 version. Where he can <laughs> yeah, get the trilogy. <laughs> Why spend $1 when you can spend 60 <laughs> What's the pig one then? Uh, Bad Piggies. Bad Piggies. Yes. This is a new game, right? Uh-huh. Yep. By yeah. Rovio. Bad Piggies coming out in a couple weeks. Yep. We're all uh, very excited. Yeah. It, ex- it finally tells the story, excited. right, of what's it happening. It tells the story of the pigs. They've been misunderstood. I agree. Now, I've been saying that about Angry Birds for a long time. If you really stop to think about Angry Birds, they're suicide bombers. Yeah. That's what's going on. Those birds don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> so these birds, these birds are flying and crashing themselves into buildings that then collapse. Well, I mean, yeah. kill everyone. But inside. with all due respect, it's because the pigs stole their eggs. But if like your children were stolen, <laughs> when you have a kid, you're gonna understand. No, <laughs> but it's also it's it's different pigs. It's not the same pig. So they're oh, so saying it's profiling. Their eggs were stolen, and then they say, "Motherfucker, That's we're gonna right. crash all this bird." Okay. Into your, into your house. I see what you're saying. True. I see what you're saying. Especially in the first Angry Birds, there's a level that looks like a city skyline. It's not even like crappy little wood houses. It's like real building. Well, well, they're still crappy little wood Well, houses. the background, I mean. Right, is right, right. Buildings. It's yeah. a city yeah. background. You're right. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yep. I think you're on to something there. Anyway, the state of the game industry today is you have a few AAA games coming out every quarter, some mid-tier games, and then tons and tons of small downloadable games, right? Yeah. So we anticipate in the future those just like Rushing away those mid-tier games. So there'd just be a few AAA games and then a wide ocean of downloadable stuff. If only because it's going to get more expensive. I mean, we, we've been talking about that forever now. Next generation games are going to be really expensive because they're being developed at a, at a level that's much higher than now. You know, like the resolution's huge. The, the process is... The, I don't know anything about computers. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> the the resolution of widescreen games <laughs> is huge. Rolling this back. Right Andrew Goldfarb out here giving the EA, EA presentation. <laughs> you put question I'm, marks I'm around my program. head. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I want them to bring you on stage. I'm saying the hardware required to make games is getting more expensive. And as a result, the yes. budget of these games is skyrocketing. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. <laughs> See, I think it's going to, and I think when we're talking about, uh, you know, there being more downloadable games in that ocean expanding. You're talking about the fact that it's going to become easier and easier to make games for that. You know what I mean? We already see it with PlayStation Mobile that Sony's like, we have to give these tools to these, to these people to compete with the App Store. And when PlayStation 4 comes around, I have to imagine that's going to be a big part of it. The fact that, you know, here's the development kit. They already do it with PubFund where they're like, hey, independent developers, here's this. You can get it for free. Go make games, please. And you see success like Mutant Blobs Attack and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I definitely think you'll see more and more people and more and more, you know, uh, developers being able to get into it. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be a difference between digital and retail. You know, there's going to be there's going to be one dollar games on the App Store and five and ten dollar games on the consoles, and then you know, Telltale stuff is thirty dollars for those season passes sure. usually, and, uh, and then there's going to be retail games. Nintendo has said they're going to have day and date, you know, with their retail releases. Digital they're already, do. they're already doing it. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. And yeah. the next gen is going to do that too. I mean, Halo Six or you know whatever we're playing on the next Xbox is hundred percent. You're going to be able to download. Sure. Yeah, that you're going to be able to look. And it'll be like Steam, where you can yep. probably da- download it and have it all set to go. And at twelve oh one, it'll just unlock. Yeah. It so there's going to be every you know every range of you know ten, twenty, thirty, forty dollar price points on digital. I think. And I think you're kind of seeing that already because there's no longer that like stigma attached to downloadable games. Like it used to be like it's pretty good for a downloadable game, but you don't hear that anymore. Right. Like now, well, downloadable games are some of the best games of this generation. That's true. I do still see that in the comments on articles, like, sure. you know, this yeah, is not cool for downloadable games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, not everyone has uh, updated their mindset. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's personal preference. Like, I've been playing games a long time. I don't have that much attention span. I'd rather buy six $10 games than one $60 mm-hmm. game. Almost always. Almost yeah. always. Yeah. Or $61 iPhone games. 
or <laughs> 600 of... one cent iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> the resolution is huge. <laughs> no. Look at all them pixels. There's a lot of resolutions. That would only be $6 so far. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Andrew, it's been a good trial period for you on GameScoop, but we'll see you later, all right? Just somebody get Steve Butts up here. Stay tuned for my math and science corner coming soon. <laughs> Telltale. I, I've, I'm deep into episode three of Walking Dead. Okay. There's some fucking huge things that happen. Yeah. yeah. There. Walking Dead three. But um, I, I encountered a bug. Yeah, they're they're there. Sorry about that. You in zombie games, you always find bugs. I know, right? It's well, I, I mean, with all due respect, <laughs> in The Walking Dead, it's not that hard to find a bug. <laughs> see, I'm trying to wait. I'm trying to wait until the last episode to play these games. Ah, uh, yeah. See, I couldn't do it because I want to be part yeah. of the conversation. That's yet. me. That's me now. Now I'm kind of regretting it. I'm probably going to jump in and start playing. All right, them. so they're crazy. Games. Go ahead, and, yeah. but and we won't spoil anything, right? We're mm -hmm. not spoiling anything about Walking Dead. Uh, yeah. We were playing at my house, <laughs> and then we like stopped uh, at the part when you uh, you run into the, the tanker. There's like a roadblock. Yeah. So we stopped there, and then we, I took my hard drive over to her place. We are going to continue later on. When I loaded up the game on her console, it couldn't find our save file. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. And then Is that because you, and you weren't saving it to like a memory stick or anything? No, it was on the hard drive. Huh. But when, then when I put the hard drive back in my own console, it found it right away. So Weird. for some reason, it couldn't find the save file on a different console. Good job, Microsoft. <laughs> I <don't think laughs> Am I right? I don't know if that's Microsoft's fault. But that, uh, well, that's what anyway. I was going to say, is it sounds like it probably is. I, I don't know that much about it. I mean, it. I don't have that problem with, with other games. Okay. So I don't know. But Walking Dead, or episode three is great. Yeah, totally. Crazy. Yeah. Andrew Goldfarb, mm. you might be the world's biggest Final Fantasy thirteen two fan. <laughs> I might be. And by, how many hours? Also the only. <laughs> <laughs> the only. By, by default. default. <laughs> yeah. Goldfarb, how many hours have you played Final Fantasy thirteen two? Um, it's like 102 or That's something. That's already like as much as yeah. Charles has played Guild Wars 2. Sure. I mean, it was like Last 90. Time. It was 90 to get all of the achievements and then, or 95 maybe, and then the DLC was like an extra few hours and DLC is really bad. So you have 1,000 out of 1,000 in that game or trophies yeah. or whatever? Yeah, I, I played in 360, so I have 1,000 out of 1,000. Wow. Good so wow. luck finding your save. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you when I move my hard drive around, <laughs> <laughs> when Kim wants to play Final Fantasy, we're screwed. So how do you feel about Lightning Returns Final Fantasy thirteen? Uh, the phrase I've been using is that I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I think uh, the Doomsday stuff sounds really cool. Uh, but I also, you know, we were talking about this in Beyond yesterday. I, I really don't need to see more of this universe. Like, I, I'm to the point where... Ironically, the questions I'm left with at the end of 13.2 aren't about lightning. Like, that's not even the no. character I would have wanted to, to continue with. And um, I don't know, I'd be just as happy with Final Fantasy 15 and just moving on from these characters at this point. And even I'm saying that. So who is this even game I'm for? <laughs> who is this game for? So I haven't played Final Fantasy 13. What I want to know about this new sequel is, does it still have the guy with the bird in his hair? Well, Saws? apparently not. So he returned in 13.2 in DLC. Did, really it, bad. did it have the bird? Was it's it a different? casino. Yeah, that's a choc DLC First of all, it's not a bird. bird. It's a chocobo. Chocobos um, are birds. Uh, maybe. Um, I, I feel like chocobos are their own fictional <laughs> offset of some kind of new species, but sure. Um, Don't look at me. I'm not going <laughs> to. I want to know where it is a pretty falling. Is it a penguin? <laughs> is it a bird? I don't know. Um, but yeah, he was in the DLC. I mean, this takes place 200 years after 13.2. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything because in that There's game you're jumping through away. time and, you know, 
You didn't the timelines all messed up. You've spoken. You didn't so answer. My question no, was: Did the lightning go anywhere in the last game? And he's like, "No." So what is she? What is she returning from? <laughs> <laughs> well, she wasn't in the last game except for the DLC, really, right? No, no. She's she's like sort of in. The, so the game starts with her. You you do a quick time event as her at the beginning. Then you play as her sister for most of the game. But lightning's like woven throughout the story. Okay. And then and then the DLC involves her entirely. Yeah. The last DLC. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> The doomsday mechanic that you're talking about. Yes. Um, you you know the world's going to end in 13 days, and uh, the a game is apparently designed to play multiple times because it's not really that long. Yeah, and uh, I was talking to Clements about this. Like, he compared it to Chrono Trigger in that in Chrono Trigger, getting to Lavos at the end, you can do it really fast. You can basically like skip through certain time gates and get to the end of the game really quickly. And this seems to be that way. Like the way Clements is describing it, when your timer runs out. You're basically going to fight the final boss, ready or we whether you're ready or not, and you have to rewind. I'm so articulate today. The it's awesome. <laughs> the resolutions are huge. So, um, so it sounds. It almost sounds more like Majora's Mask. Exactly. That's it's very much a Majora's Mask. I mean, and there does seem to be that rewind mechanic where if you get there too early or if you die or whatever, you can go back and reset. Interesting. I didn't care for Majora's Mask. Crazy. You're crazy. I'm really still like to play that. Remember, you, me, and Altano made that pact. Are we going to play it after yeah. three? Well, Altano hates it. Yeah. yeah me too. Yeah. Really? The question is how to play it. I wish they'd put it out on 3DS. Then I'd, nice. I'd play it on 3DS. Yeah, yeah that would be really nice. It's, um, Just don't. Your Wii, U, <laughs> your Wii U will take your Wii Virtual Console games and let you continue playing them. So you can yeah. do it that way. Play on your little tablet. Yeah. Or huge tablet. <coughs> uh, Justin, what's going on with this Steam Greenlight thing? I hear that people are like, not, not thrilled about it. Yeah. Um, so it's always been sort of a pain to submit your game to Steam. It was so, so important if you had an indie game to get it on Steam. Otherwise, you know, not that many people were going to buy it. You had to try to sell it in your own store, get on one of the other platforms no one was using. So they opened up this thing called Steam Greenlight, where anybody can just submit their game to Greenlight. It goes on a web page, and then people can thumb games up or down. So you get a page like, a, like you would on Kickstarter that sort of pitches uh, your, your Well, your I mean, game? you get like a Steam page. Like, you, you know, you have your trailer, your screenshots, and your bullets about your game, and then people okay. can say thumbs up or thumbs down. And then once something reaches, you know, a certain number of thumbs up or a certain percentage of people thumb something up, then, you know, you can get your game on Steam. And uh, that's like a really good idea in practice, but immediately, within like the first two days, it just got absolutely overwhelmed. Like, there's something like a thousand games on Steam Greenlight now. It's impossible to find. Like, if you're an indie developer, you want your game on Steam now. People have to sift through, you know, hundreds or thousands of games to find it. And people are starting to submit. You are seeing games like Castle Crashers oh, on Steam, but like it's obviously not submitted by the by the actual developer. And people wrote like Half Life Three and all these yeah. fake games. And you and I also saw. We um, ruined the internet. The joke <laughs> the joke that I made yesterday about the boobies on Steam. Yeah. Was Wait not for that controller, Gabe. <laughs> so is Kim. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Was uh, <laughs> that was not random. There was I, that someone grabbed a screenshot. Someone submitted to Steam Greenlight uh, boobs, and it just went through. There's no filter, no submission process at all. Anything just goes up on the site. So, so was, was this short-sighted on Valve's part? I don't know. Uh, I would say yes. It's absolutely short-sighted. Any any system that allows you to get you know nudity onto your website uh, is short-sighted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so what they've done, their solution <laughs> is to. It now you have to spend $100 to submit your game to Steam Greenlight, and uh, that money goes to charity. So Valve, it's not about the money for them. It's about 
people only submitting things that they're serious about submitting. And I mean, like we were just talking about, it's, there are so many digital games now that you, you kind of have to moderate what can go in. And it's the same fee. It's $100 per year to develop in the App Store as well. So I mean, I, I think this makes sense. You well, pay $100. That's a recurring fee to keep your game there? To be, uh, not to, to keep be your game there, but to, to be, be a developer. To be a developer. Yeah, to be able to be certified to submit games and everything. Yeah. So I mean, that $100 fee, um, I'm of the opinion that if you're making a video game and you're serious about it, you want it sold on Steam, you know, $100 should be just part of your development cost. I'm, I'm kind yeah, of okay that with that. That doesn't sound outrageous to me. Um, yeah. The counterpoint is, uh, you know, there's lots of different developers in different situations. I can't presume to know every developer's situation, and if you don't have that $100, you know, you're kind of SOL. Like, what, what are you supposed to do? Like, let's say you made it on your free time. This isn't something you had a budget for. It, it, it doesn't make any... Um, exceptions or compromises for, um, it doesn't matter how good something is, it's only if you have the $100. What if you made the best game ever, but you don't have the $100, like you're a kid. Like, you know. But well, even then, when I was like I mean, 15, then you put mow for four free. lawns and you have, you have $100. Plus, if you made what the best game bucks a lawn? lawn? Jeez, how big are these I lawns? I made 15 bucks a lawn. <laughs> right, maybe, ten, maybe 10 lawns. Dollars and cents with Gold Farm. Um, oh, math. If you made the best game ever, then it doesn't matter, you don't need Steam. You know. Sure. Sure. Yeah, and like Charles was saying this morning, like, if you're, if you're not willing to put up $100 for your game, it right. probably isn't that great. Yeah, I mean, like, the bottom line is the majority of people are going to spend $100 and their game still isn't going to get on Steam. And that doesn't feel good, and that sucks. Like, it goes to charity. You know, I see. You, worst yeah. case scenario, that, you yeah. spent $100 on charity, and there's worse things than that. But. Charity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's what's going on with Steam Greenlight. The whole system has been... Not a debacle, but it has not been good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been it's been not it didn't turn out the way that they wanted it to. The first like I refreshed Greenlight that first day, and there was these great indie games and great games that I'm familiar with. That I'm like, yeah, it'd be awesome to have that on Steam. But then it just got overwhelmed by junk immediately. Um, Did you submit the last dinosaur? <laughs> it's like my sketches on like a, with like crayons. Has Harris Foster submitted the game? So look, look, look. Let me. So last dinosaur. So you're not. <laughs> you're not the last dinosaur. Maybe maybe you're just. A so dinosaur. it's called one of the last dinosaurs. Sure, you're almost the last dinosaur. Um, you get to choose at the start of the game what dinosaur you play as. Okay. Now, how many choices are there? Well, this is, there's all kinds of different choices, I know, and they so. play differently. And so, okay. if you want to be like a tiny dinosaur, maybe he's like stealthy. I don't know. Or you can be like a T-Rex, or maybe you're like a pterodactyl and can fly through the air. Okay. And then, so at some point, you're a predator, but then like something bigger might crash through the jungle, and now like you're being hunted, and it's it's an open jungle world. Well, now I think we should just make a game called Tiny Dinosaur. But the dinosaur is like in modern times, and he has yes. to like yeah. he has to like sneak through a building yes. in order to like find f- scraps of food in order to not be like seen by the people, because they'll be like, "Oh my god, there's a dinosaur! Like, stomp on it!" Yep. What if it's yeah. like Katamari, where every scrap he eats, he gets bigger until eventually he can start eating like? Then he's not a tiny dinosaur anymore. Yeah, but then the title screen changes once you get it. <laughs> Large dinosaur. <laughs> Remember Terminator Two on Game Boy when you had to go in and reprogram him? As Kyle Reese, that, that was hard. That was hard. That was a hard game. I don't think I played Terminator 2 on game. Uh, you were <laughs> no, missing out. I only I. got past it once. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when you were a kid, you only played licensed games based on movies and TV shows yeah, you liked. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I was like, a dumb kid. Isn't that what every kid did? Yeah. <laughs> no, there's so many other like NES games. You didn't even have an NES. Well, you were like you were like 28. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh man, Jurassic Park with real rap physics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My firepower keep me
Okay. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com. Our first email today comes from... I think you better <laughs> handle this one, Greg. First email today comes from Whoa. Adidia Najarana. <laughs> That's actually probably pretty accurate. That's Thank you. Uh, Aditya? Aditya. <laughs> As uh, I subscribed to PlayStation Plus day one, and the service has just kept getting better. I would like to know how the games that go free benefit from this, and how is this master stroke by Sony to boost hardware sales? Well, you're a smart man and or woman to subscribe to PlayStation <laughs> Plus. Or, uh, I think it's usually the stuff that goes live on PlayStation Plus that's going to be free is something that isn't super popular, isn't ginormously popular, and or isn't popular at that moment, right? Borderlands is free right now. Borderlands, I think, is a brilliant move to put up free for PlayStation Plus members because, first, I'm playing it again. Like, it's one of those things I played it when it first came out, falling off, now I'm playing it with some friends trying to get through to get a platinum trophy. But it's getting you psyched up for Borderlands 2. So all of a sudden, there's this new audience who maybe three years ago missed it, playing it now. This is really cool. And now, in two weeks, they buy Borderlands 2. Walking Dead, they put up the first two episodes free. Obviously, Walking Dead huge with us. We all love it. Everybody plays it and thinks it's really cool. Sure. But not everybody's ready to take that jump. All of a sudden, you get those two games for free. You're like, oh my god, this was really cool. I want to see how the rest of the story goes. You go out and you buy it right now. It's interesting that they give you the first two episodes, not just the first one. But yeah. when I think about it, the second one is like a lot better. Sure. Just it, in terms of the, the, it, the drama that happens. Exactly. And it shows you, I think, a little... Like, the whole game is based on story, right? So once you now yeah, have those... So it has you know its hooks it, in yeah. you. And you're invested. You, exactly. Yeah. You get to replay, see how your decisions change things. Because right now, a lot of people who aren't playing The Walking Dead are saying, well, I want it when it's, a, you know, it's all out and I can get the whole story and yada, yada, yada. Whereas I think one of the fun things about it is... All right, I finished the episode, and now I want to go back and change everything. I want to go back and see what this is, and then I want to be a part of a conversation with everybody. And so you give people that gateway drug to get them in, then they're hooked, David. Yeah. They just want more of that drug, and they're like, <laughs> "Give me all the drugs." <laughs> we, uh, I'll pay whatever you want. Just, just give it to me. Well, remind us how much PlayStation Plus costs. Ooh, I believe a Ooh. year is forty nine ninety nine, right? So just fifty bucks a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, you get yeah, lots of stuff for free. Totally. Yeah. You, they're, they're, or they're, discounted too, right? Yeah, you get discount. Well, that's the thing. Like Borderlands is another good example, right? Free Borderlands and then 50% off the, all the DLC. So even yeah. if I had beaten Borderlands and now Damon was trying to play Borderlands with me for the first time, I'd be like, all right, cool, but I'm going to buy all the DLC. You buy it too. Let's go mm-hmm. in and play through that. It's a way to get those numbers up, get people talking about your games, get people excited about things right away. It's a risk-reward, right? You're, you're risking that you might lose a few customers in the short term, sure. but long term, you're going to potentially gain a lot more from those people that you just gave away this content right. to. For free. And they're putting out you know, these d- downloadable games that I think a lot of people missed. There's still so much distrust with the PSN. People are wary of it with all the credit card stuff. And still? Anonymous That's and over a year ago, right? Yeah, but I mean, think about it from your perspective, right? Like, you're an Xbox gamer, so like you never put okay. a credit card into PSN, so like you really have no reasoning to do it. So like all of a sudden, okay. if they're like, oh, well, hey, or try this, try this, try this, you're like, okay, this is cool, and it is working, and it is easy. I will continue to go down and do that, mm-hmm. I think. And it, it, uh, that's a great example. I think they learned a lot from when they did the Welcome Back program, and they were like, sorry, that uh, PSN's been off for a month. <laughs> here's Little Big Planet, <laughs> and here's Infamous. And they were giving you games that had sequels out at that moment or about to come out that were coming out really soon. So again, you get invested and be like, oh man, Little Big Planet's awesome. I want to mm-hmm. play Little Big Planet. Yeah, too. they didn't randomly pick yeah. those games. <laughs> that was very, very calculated. Yesterday, Randy Pitchford was in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one-man band behind uh, Borderlands. He made it all himself. All by he's, himself. The, he's the notch of Borderlands. <laughs> but you asked him, um, like, 
how did that conversation start about bringing Borderlands free to PlayStation Plus, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. He'll talk about it on Up at Noon uh, on Monday, on start. But uh, it's one of those things, yeah, he, you know, he's the developer, so it was something between 2K and Sony, and he wasn't sure exactly who came to each other, but he loved the idea, obviously, because he mm-hmm. made this game and he wants to get it into everybody's hands. And you t- talk about, like, the PlayStation install base, right? Like, it's grown exponentially over the years. So when Borderlands came out, sure, maybe a lot of people who own PS3s didn't own PS3s then. So to get that and have that chance yeah. to get down to play with it, he's totally behind we uh so I don't know what like the business side of PSN is like, but on the App Store, games go free and then go paid all the time. You know, they drop in price, go back yeah. up in price, and uh, the reason that happens is because when it goes back up in price, you see a bump in sales, and uh, presumably it's because a lot of people downloaded your app when it was free, and then they're talking about it, they're telling their friends yeah. they want to play it. You know, hey, this puzzle game is really cool, check it out, and then it's not free anymore. You know, it's a dollar or two dollars or three. But then, since a lot more people are talking about it, then they get more. Yeah. You know, they sort see of, a big spike in yeah, sales. Pushes so. it up to the top of the conversation. Exactly. A bit, right? exactly. Yeah. So if you have a game that's not really selling very much on PSN anyway, yeah, you know, drop it free and get people talking about it. You also see iOS developers uh, when they're about ready to release a new game. A lot of times, their previous yeah. game will go free. Yep. Yeah, and so that's what we're talking about with Borderlands. Yeah. And I also think a lot of the Plus games that go free, you know, obviously there's plenty of exceptions, but a lot of them are Sony games. And with their properties, you know, they want to push Plus, Plus as a service so they can really do what they want with their own properties. Yeah, yeah. you're seeing that expand. I mean, Just Cause 2, that yeah. was a PlayStation Plus game that was free. Get out there and that do it. That game is awesome. Everybody yeah. loves Just Cause 2. And it's one of those things, like, so yeah, I mean, how, how many units is Just Cause 2 moving right now, you know? Yeah. Not money, right? Not many, not money. Not many. Well, <laughs> it's not, not making money much either. money. <laughs> <laughs> so why not? Yeah, put it free and let people get a taste of it. Ryan, does the Xbox need something like PlayStation Plus? Okay. So, buy-in rewards? Financially, system? no. I yeah. mean, they're, they're doing, they're, they seem to be doing just fine. Um, and, and the reality of the market is they're not gonna they're not gonna take those kind of steps until until PSN gets so big that it really really threatens. Not that it's not a you know it's a solid service, but you know Xbox Live is. The number you know, sure. is the top service. So until that threat looms a little larger in Microsoft's rearview mirror, mm-hmm. they're probably going to hang back and be that's like, one of, "That's one of the things, right? Is that PlayStation is, is the latecomer? They had the wor- the worst service when they started, yeah. and so they are trying to make it up. They are trying to make it enticing and say, "This is why you need to play your games yeah. on PlayStation. This is why you need to have a PlayStation Plus." Yeah, yeah, I mean, would I would I love to be getting Xbox Live Arcade games for free with my Gold subscription? Absolutely, but yeah, until yeah. until uh, Sony starts. Breathing down their neck a little harder, I don't see it happening. Yeah, they have no need to do that right now. Speaking of Xbox Live Arcade games, an awesome one is out today. Yes, Mark of the Ninja. It's so good. Uh, I really recommend you guys play it and everyone at home plays it. Uh, but tell us a little bit about it. You reviewed it today. Yes, so the review is up on IGN. Spoiler alert, 9.0, Editor's Ooh. Choice Award. Um, it is fantastic. It's, so it's from Klee Entertainment, which is the f- guys that brought you the Shank games. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you're out there, I've talked to some people like, well, Shank wasn't really my cup of tea. Well, this is kind of this is a much deeper, more layered game. I mean, Shank was literally just a beautiful game. It looked like a playable uh, Adult cartoon. Swim yeah, cartoon, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. This is a, a much, much deeper game. It is a pure 2D stealth game. You are a ninja, obviously, and uh, so you're going through each level. You're you're climbing on the walls, climbing on the ceilings, using your grappling hook, hiding behind vases and under grates and. Um, yeah, it's sort of like Ninja Gaiden on the NES, but not, is, but much more yeah. stealthy. They're not much. just running forward and slashing everybody and in your what I, Hit by condors. Yeah, I know, right? What I really, really love about it is it actually, <coughs> unlike most stealth games that are like, oh yeah, you can play how you want. You can do a lethal playthrough or a non-lethal playthrough, and in the end, like, you don't really get, you only get rewarded for one of those, whichever one the game designers actually intended you to take. This one, you get rewarded no matter what with a sort of an experience point system where if you want to go stealth, and you sneak by a guy, you'll you'll see a little 
little uh, ding pop up, plus 200 points, mm -hmm. remained undetected. Yeah. Or if you kill a guy, you'll get the points, but if you kill him silently, you'll get more points. Or if you so, hide the body then. Yeah, exactly, you get, you get extra that. points that's for hiding cool. the body. I like body. that rewarding. Yeah. Because like, yeah. that's always, you know, Metal Gear, you're like, this is a sneaking mission. Okay, pop, pop, <laughs> shoot him on the head. Speaking <laughs> of Metal Gear, there's an awesome Metal Gear homage. There is a one of your distraction mm -hmm. items, and you've got You've got terror darts that you can hit guys Whoa. with, and they'll freak out and start <laughs> shooting at whoever. I want you, terror darts. Yeah, I mean, don't we all? And then, uh, but they've got a cardboard box, yeah. civil cardboard box. You can hide under it, scooch behind him, and then as he walks by, just you poke out from the box and go yank, stab him, and drag Whoa. him out of the box, and then you can get up and be on your merry way. And Do you put him in the box? Yeah, he's hidden under okay. the box. <laughs> so it is, uh, and what, what's great is you unlock all these things with those experience points as you go. So you're unlocking new moves, you're unlocking new ways to attack and play the game, and then when you finish the game, there's a new game plus mode that lets you go back through, start over with all your abilities, but the guys are tougher. So it's just, uh, there's plenty of reason to go through twice, and yeah. Uh, I actually am looking forward to, to playing it now that it's actually out on the on my retail Xbox because I want the real achievement points nice. for it. Fifteen dollars. Fifteen bucks. Well worth it. I'm um, on board. It's, it's an awesome game. You reviewed that one, and I'm working on the Joe Danger Two review, which is out next Friday. Yes. And uh, so these Friday uh, good games on like Friday is supposed to be a weird dumping ground because I know we're not conditioned as Xbox gamers <laughs> to expect anything on Friday. It's you know it's been since 2005 since launch Xbox Live Arcade Wednesday Wednesday yeah. Wednesday Wednesday, and We've seen the Friday thing happen a little bit, and usually it's a crappy game they just sort of dump out. I know, but it seems arbitrary. Yeah, and so this today is is Mark of the Ninja, and next Friday is Joe Danger Two. So these are both games that uh, probably belonged in some of arcade because they're amazing. So yeah. I don't get the whole Friday thing. So just it, that's why I'm glad we're sitting here talking about these because it'll be easy for people to just miss them entirely. Yeah. So go on Live Arcade and check out Sorted Mark out the Ninja Steve sure. Ballmer. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> Jay Allard, I don't know who's over there anymore. You think reviewing, I know. You think reviewing Xbox Live Arcade games is a little strange because every uh, Xbox Live Arcade game has a trial. Yeah, you can try So anyone can try it for service. themselves, you know? So There's it's like, no what's, excuse. What's the review really doing there? Yeah, I, don't know. I think about weird. that a lot on I iPhone. I know, right? Yeah. So strange. It is. Anyway. But you want to know. I mean, you know, it could just be that cross-section that's only one thing. And then is this mechanic that I find endearing right now, does yeah. it get annoying later mm -hmm. on? It's like Greg said, you know, that first taste is free and then, take all my money, give me some drugs! Yeah. <laughs> Love drugs. <laughs> this is Big Tony style. Big Tony style. His question is, next week we'll host the iPhone 5 unveiling and a Nintendo press conference that will likely outline the Wii U launch. Which Let's one, hope so. Which one is more relevant to your interests? iPhone 5. For sure. Yeah. Has, uh, iPhone 5 affects my life every day because yeah. I use my phone every yeah. day. iPhone 5 is the one as soon as it's, I'm refreshing the page yeah. to buy the iPhone Pre-order, pre-order, pre-order. I don't even know what's going to happen. I'm just ready for a new iPhone. Uh, my yeah, home button's all, broken. We're all very interested to see what the Wii U launch, you know, when it's going to come, how much it's going to cost. Sure. But, you know, our, my, our iPhones are in our pockets every day, you know. Yeah. yeah. Precious. I know. Yeah, the Wii U is like, I, I, I totally think uh, the zombie game's awesome. Zombie U, right? Yep. Why mm -hmm. I blink on that? Zombie U is awesome from what I've seen of it. I want to play that. But like I'm not. I, at, right now, this moment, I have no intention to pre-order yeah. a Wii U. Like I'll, I'm out too until. So for me, the the first-party stuff always eventually pulls oh, yeah, me yeah, in yeah, on the yeah, Nintendo yeah. consoles. Yeah. Haven't seen any killer first-party things yeah. that have that have appealed to me just yet. 
but I'll, I'll get there eventually. Exactly. Sure. Like, I played all the stuff at Comic-Con, and it was like, Pikmin, Pikmin's awesome, but yeah. it's not, like, a system seller for me, personally. You know. mm-hmm. I'll probably buy one. I'll probably buy one at launch. Um, I haven't not bought a Nintendo console at launch ever, you know, mm-hmm. as long as I was buying my own video games. Um, you know, I like Pikmin too much. I like some of that stuff too much. And I'm also just a big gadget guy. You know, I sure. like having tablets and gadgets and handheld and hardware. You know, that's sort of where my interest lies. So, you know, I want to pick one up just because it's something new, but... You know, it was not an impressive showing at E3. You know, I'm really curious about the price. So, yeah, much more excited about the iPhone 5. But, uh, you know, the Wii U, I like people that do new things and like companies that try new things that I haven't seen before. So, question sure. for I'm you excited. guys. Question for you guys is, uh, would, would any of you buy a Wii U at launch with, with a specific eye on profiteering, on putting it, putting it up for resale on eBay or something? Uh, no. no. I saw so many people <laughs> get burned on the PS3 on I that did. one. Yeah. I did. Because <laughs> the 360, right? You yeah. couldn't, 360 became a little tough to come by for the first few yeah. months, and yeah. people were getting you know, 50%, 100% markup yeah. on them. And uh, I, of course, yeah. was just... The Wii was crazy at its launch. I remember yeah. like seeing signs on the road, like, you know, the Wii, just yeah. people, you know, private sellers selling the Wii U for like 1,500 bucks or something. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was crazy that first Christmas. Yeah. I got burned bad on PS3. I'm, I'm sorry, did I say Wii U? Yes. I meant the Wii. Yeah, the, the Wii was Are my... you from the future? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Wii was my first and only Nintendo console I bought at launch. And it's one of those things I camped out in the mall to get my pre-order in. And then I, then that, that day I was working for the newspaper and I covered the PlayStation 3 line at Best Buy because people were camped out yeah. at Best Buy for it. And I remember going down the line of the 30 people they capped it at and only one of them was there to play it. They were buying wow. it to play, and everyone else was like, we're flipping it on eBay. I was like, okay. And then I walked over to it. I was like, I finished, and I walked over and bought my Wii and went home. And I was like, this is weird. We are those, those incredible assholes that like, would buy a PlayStation 3 on launch day, just buy it, and then walk out in the street and smash it in front yeah. of everybody. And they that still, they still do that. There will be those YouTube yeah, videos for yeah. Wii U. Enjoy weird. your 15 seconds of non-internet fame. Yeah. We, uh, when I waited in line to get the Wii, um, I went to a Target that opened at like, you know, 7 a.m. or whenever. Yeah. So I got there at 5, and uh, I was at the very end of the line, and they were handing out the vouchers to make sure they had enough. And I got the second to last one. And so there was someone behind me got the very final one. And then behind them was like a mom and a little boy, like a oh. little kid that was like seven. And he was like just one back too far to get it. And, you know, he was, like, asking his mom, I was like, what does it mean? Why do we not get the paper? And she's like, oh, you know, come on. Maybe, you know, Santa will bring you oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was, like, I was close to, like, giving him my voucher, but then no. You like, stayed no wrong. Wrong. <laughs> princess. I got to get home. You realize that was, all, that was all an act, right? That was yeah, all yeah, yeah. scripted, and you did not yeah. break. That's okay. true. That's well good. Little, little boy's an actor. <laughs> Justin, your hair looks good today. Thank you. It does. Mm. Greg, so does yours. Thank you. <laughs> is Randy Pitchford still giving haircuts? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Greg, what do you have? Uh, what do you have on the uh, couch there? Uh, uh, so I didn't know you guys did this. You you went to PAX. Well, I knew you went to PAX without. <laughs> we me. did go to PAX. And while you were at PAX, you had this meet and greet. You hold one. Okay. And while you had the meet and greet, you had them sign these get well soon cards. These are, uh, for yeah. I have cancer. If you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> these are IGN fans wow. that signed these uh, get well cards for Greg. It's pretty. I got awesome. all teary eyed when they gave them to me at work today. It's so so touching. Thank yeah. you so much for doing this. It's very cool. Yeah, that's awesome you guys did that. Thank you. It means so much to me. I, I haven't gone through and read them all. I'm going to try to. Yeah. The mean greet was great. Our IGN fans are so cool. Yeah. They're the coolest guys ever. Yeah. You know, if, and girls. If, uh, <laughs> if the post office would actually produce that stamp, yeah. they'd probably get out of debt. So better than they, you know, they have like uh, a lot of unsold Simpsons stamps. Like they lost a lot of money oh, on their, their Simpsons stamps. Yeah. Uh, the stamps are stupid. 
Can we just stop? Well, yeah, I know. The, the post office is sort of... The post yeah. office is kind of stupid. Yeah. Today, yeah. Greg, we have a misconnection. We do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you know... Wait, is this Craigslist? Yes. <laughs> as you know, GameScoop and IGN unite people around the world, and we like to help people knock boots when we can. Uh, we have a problem here, though. Justin Hodge wrote in to me on my PSN and then to my email. <laughs> wow. He was, on, uh, he, I, he was on a site called Omegle. Are you aware of Omegle? It's a video chatting site. A video chatting site. While he was there, he met a girl between 12 and 2 in the morning. Oh, I thought you were going to say her age. I was like, whoa. No, on se- well, she's 17, but he's young, too. Okay. I uh, okay. met this girl this between 12 and 2 so it's, it's, in the it's morning. It's legal. It's legal, yes, totally legal. He's a kid, too. Uh, Saturday, uh, September 1st, on Omegle. She was 17 and from South Carolina or California. Opposite But I think coasts. it was Carolina. And she wants to go to USC. Here's the problem. Justin, this girl hit it off. They're talking. Turns out she's a huge IGN fan. She listens to games too. Of course too. she is. Beyond, Unlocked, whatever yours is. Tech <laughs> 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 fetish. She listens to all the shows. And they're hitting off and everything's going well. And I guess I, he put it in the PSN message. I think his power went out. So he never exchanged information with this girl. But he was hitting it off. So he wanted to go here. Um, let's see if I've got all the details. She listens. Blah, 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 give her the power went out or his girlfriend pulled the plug. Yeah. What are you doing? So if she's listening, if the, if the girl is listening, she says, I think that might be me. What Do we have instructions? We do, yes. Okay. You are to contact him on PSN at Fail Lobster. What if, Fail Lobster. Do we know she has a PS3? Word. I guess he... he well, he, gave the, he said to give the email, too. Justin's okay. serious. Justin <laughs> is in love with this random girl from South Carolina or California. <laughs> but going to Not USC. close states. <laughs> What? Yeah, we don't. USC. We got the letters SC in here. Yeah, Maybe yeah. <laughs> Between twelve and two in the morning. Of course, that would be different time zones <laughs> based on wherever you are. I don't. Justin didn't think that part. Through. Anyways, Red Dead Hodge H O D G at gmail is Justin's uh, email. If you are this, so girl. he was comfortable with this being broadcast. Yes, he was. Okay. He was. He's very adamant about all this being broadcast. Okay. He's, he's desperate here. Well, Justin or Mystery Girl, please let us know if you guys. Get together. And yeah. nobody fake him out. Don't, yeah. don't do that yeah, to don't the guy. Jerks. Yeah. Don't Come that. on now. IG and GameScoop. Let's all be united here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I think that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, dear viewers. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, if you have any questions. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop. And we're out. My firepower keep me... Child, my guns go boom boom and your guns go I got the wild style, always been a foul child, my guns go boom boom and your guns go I got the wild style, always been a foul child, my guns go boom boom and your guns go I got the wild style, always been a foul child, my guns go boom boom and your guns go 
guns go boom booming, my guns go boom booming. I got the wild style, always been a foul child. My guns go boom booming, yo guns go. My firepower keep me. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.